Come, Come Ye Saints is a hymn written by the Mormon pioneers who moved from Illinois to Utah in the mid-1800s. The hymn was set to the music of a popular English folk tune, and there are versions of it with different lyrics used by the United Church of Christ and the Seventh-day Adventist Church, where it is called, Rejoice, the Lord is King. Welcome to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. Coming to you today from Salt Lake City, Utah, in the western United States. This program was researched and written in Indianapolis by our editor, Adrian Peterson. This is WaveScan edition NWS 663 for release on Sunday, November 7th, 2021. On the program today, the search for an old historic shortwave station, KUSW, in Utah, which will lead us to KTBN in Utah and to the Caribbean Beacon in Anguilla. But before we begin here in Utah, let's go first to Ray Robinson at KVOH in Los Angeles. Thanks, Jeff. First, some background as regards shortwave and the state of Utah in the United States. As far back as 1939, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, which is headquartered in Utah, was interested in getting on the air on shortwave. They struck a deal through their broadcast arm, medium wave station KSL, to buy shortwave station W9XAA from the Chicago Federation of Labor, CFL, which also operated Chicago medium wave station WCFL. But when the CFL as license holders requested approval from the FCC to sell the shortwave station, the FCC denied the request. In 1962, through the International Educational Broadcasting Corporation, IEBC, in Salt Lake City, the LDS Church succeeded in buying the historic shortwave station WRUL near Boston in Massachusetts. Two years later, IEBC became Bonville International, the parent company for all the LDS Church's broadcasting interests. They changed the call sign from WRUL to WNYW, with studios in New York City. Both KSL Medium Wave and WMIW Shortwave were affiliated with the CBS radio network carrying CBS newscasts. In the process of time, WMIW became WYFR, and then WYFR became WRMI. In the meantime, we go back to Utah and the story of their next shortwave station, Superpower KUSW, as they identified themselves. Some suggest the callsign KUSW rather obviously indicated Utah shortwave, but other publications state it actually stood for the more grandiose United States worldwide. Ray, I'm in Temple Square in the center of Salt Lake City, Utah. Those of you who were shortwave listeners back in the 1980s may remember hearing WRNO from New Orleans, Louisiana, which was the first real attempt at commercial shortwave broadcasting in the United States in recent years. Ralph Carlson, a radio broadcaster in Utah, liked the idea of WRNO when he visited the station, and he got a license to do his own version of it in Salt Lake City, Utah. The station was KUSW. Superpower KUSW, Salt Lake City, Utah, the United States of America, from the West to the world. 
1987, the total facility for this new station was constructed in just five months in Murray, Utah, south of Salt Lake City in the Salt Lake Valley. The offices, studios and transmitter were all installed in the same building, with the adjacent antenna system supported from two towers 145 feet tall. The 100-kilowatt Harris transmitter model SW100B was fitted with automatic tuning for 10 preset shortwave channels. This facilitated rapid frequency changes in just 10 seconds. Sadly, this led to them playing hopscotch all over the shortwave bands, changing frequency every few hours, much to the chagrin of their listeners, who were never quite sure where to find the station. Here is the frequency schedule for KUSW. KUSW signs on every day, Monday through Saturday, at 1800 UTC on 15.225 MHz on the 19-meter band. At 1900 UTC, we change to 17.715 MHz on the 16-meter band. At 2200 UTC, we switch to 15.580 MHz on the 19-meter band. At zero UTC, we move to 11.680 MHz on the 25-meter band. At 300 UTC, we change to 9.755 MHz on the 31-meter band. Superpower KUSW signs off at 600 UTC. That's 11 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Superpower KUSW from the west to the world, from Salt Lake City, Utah. We're about three minutes away from our frequency change. At 2200 UTC, we'll be going to 15.580. That's 15.580 at 2200 UTC. About two minutes and ten seconds from now. An illustration, if ever there was one, of just because you can, it doesn't mean you should. The TCI sloping net style log periodic antenna system model 5153 was capable of handling 100 kilowatts on any frequency from 3.9 megahertz right up to 18 megahertz. The antenna had a 70 degree beam which radiated maximum power towards Ontario, Canada, though 10% was radiated from side and back lobes. They stated that their target audience included all of North America, Europe and parts of Africa, and especially the two million Americans who were living outside the country at that time. The original intended date for the beginning of test transmissions from shortwave KUSW was November 20th, 1987, with regular service commencing on December 1st. However, because of installation delays, the official inauguration date was ultimately moved to December 26th, 1987. Here's another audio clip with the end of the 2200 UTC news on their first day of broadcasting. 
For the first time ever, Tucson, Arizona had a white Christmas yesterday, and Amarillo, Texas had its first Christmas snowfall in 25 years. Snow is common across the United States, from Arizona to Illinois. Traveling today in the center of the country is treacherous because of winter storms. In China, thousands of believers came to Christmas worship services at churches that have only recently been reopened. As many as 40,000 people jammed the six largest Protestant churches and the three Roman Catholic cathedrals in Beijing. But for most of the people in China, Christmas was just another workday. I'm Dan Bonas. From the West to the World, this is Superpower KUSW. Jimmy Connors does it. Arthur Ashe does it. Vic Braden does it every month. They read Tennis Magazine. They also help write Tennis Magazine every month. Superpower KUSW Worldwide Radio, as the station identified on air, was owned by Carlson Communications, who also owned a small network of AM medium wave and FM stations in three adjoining states, Utah, Nevada and Arizona. The shortwave facility was associated with Carlson's local stations, KRSP, AM and FM in Salt Lake City, with several of the KUSW presenters also having air shifts or other duties at KRSP. The shortwave programming was produced independently of the local stations, though this was not a relay situation. Subsequently, the studios of KRSP-FM were relocated to the same building as KSL in Salt Lake City. The regular scheduling for commercial shortwave KUSW contained a mix of contemporary secular rock and blues music, news, spoken word programs on Sundays from Temple Square in Salt Lake City, live coverage of some Utah Jazz NBA basketball games, other religious programming, and twice a year, live coverage of LDS church conferences. Call money now. That's 800-233-4200. Superpower KUSW, I'm John Florence. Be listening a little bit uh, after 2200 UTC. Faith Martin will be with you. And she's got some good music to play. I've got an address here if you'd like to write to us, if you'd like to uh, send in for a reception report. Superpower KUSW, Post Office Box 7040, Salt Lake City, Utah, 84107, in the United States of America. We're in the Mountain West, in the Rocky Mountain chain. Uh, if you look on your map, you'll see the Great Salt Lake. Uh, we're right south and just east of the Great Salt Lake, broadcasting to you from Salt Lake City, Utah. We'll make that frequency change coming up here in just about 13 minutes away. At 2200 UTC, we will be going to... Where's my frequency? Here it is. Uh, 15.580 will be the frequency we will go to. 15.580 at 2200 UTC. And here's the man, as George Harrison says. This is Bob Dylan on Superpower, KUSW from the West to the World. To earn supplemental income to support its broadcast coverage, KUSW also invited listeners to purchase sports and radio equipment and novelty items from its own membership catalogue. The religious programming on KUSW was brokered by Pan American Broadcasting in Cupertino, California, who also brokered programming at the time over Radio Africa in Malibu in Equatorial Guinea with 100 kilowatts on 15190 kHz. Soon after KUSW shortwave went on the air, reception reports began to arrive at the rate of around 30 each day. One reception report came from the pilot of an American Air Force plane who was listening whilst in flight. All reports were acknowledged by a QSL card, which showed an artistic representation of the distant mountain range. 
During the station's four years of on-air operation, only one design of QSL card was issued, and it was available from both KUSW in Utah and Pan American in California. The programming from shortwave KUSW was relayed via an American Navy vessel off the coast of Panama in Central America during the downfall of President Manuel Noriega. I found an article in the local newspaper here, the Deseret News, by Sheila Sanchez on December 29, 1989. She writes, When disc jockey Cheryl Schaefer picked up the phone Thursday in the studios of a Salt Lake City shortwave radio station, she couldn't believe the voice on the other line. It was Buck, a seaman third class stationed on the USS Emory Land submarine support ship in Panama calling to request a song that would be played through a loudspeaker in a parking lot across from the Vatican Embassy in Panama City. Schaefer, superpower KUSW Radio's most popular on-air personality, said the seaman requested a song called Painting by Numbers by James McMurtry because it has a phrase that says, You might be down in the canal zone being all that you can be. You may be down in the canal zone being all you can be. She said the song was requested to encourage U.S. soldiers stationed in Panama. Buck had told her KUSW signal is picked up on his ship, where it is transferred to the military base. From there, the signal is forwarded to the loudspeaker across from the Vatican Embassy, where General Manuel Noriega, an opera fan, sought political asylum on Christmas Eve. It was very exciting, Schaefer told the Deseret News. This kid could have called anybody, but he called us. We play rock and roll and we take requests from all over the world. We play requests from anybody who calls. Early plans for KUSW were to install a second shortwave transmitter for coverage into Latin America. However, that never materialised. Sadly, like WMIW before them back in the 1970s, they found that advertisers were just not sufficiently interested in the international audience for the station to be sustained on a commercial basis. So instead, KUSW was sold to the Trinity Broadcasting Network for around $2 million US dollars, just four years after the station was inaugurated. The last day for broadcasts as KUSW was Sunday, December the 16th, 1990, and its on-air programming ended at 0300 UTC on 11695 kHz. Superpower KUSW, Salt Lake City, Utah, the United States of America, from the West to the world. Two days later, on Tuesday, December the 18th, 1990, the station was reactivated under a new call sign, KTBN, indicating very obviously its new ownership, the Trinity Broadcasting Network. Under the new owners, programming was always and only a relay of the audio from their TV network via satellite. Back then, four Adventist TV programs were carried by TBN, sounding quite similar to Adventist World Radio programming today. So these two were relayed via shortwave KTBN, and QSL cards were issued for those broadcasts from the AWR office in Indianapolis. 
The pre-recorded station announcement from KTBN at the top of the hour identified the station and made requests for reception reports. Just two shortwave channels were in use, 7510, later changed to 7505 kHz during the hours of darkness, and 15590 kHz during the daytime. Thirteen years later, in June 2004, Trinity announced that they planned to close their shortwave station, KTBN, due to lack of listener response. It remained on the air for four more years, however, until it was finally closed on March 30, 2008. During its 13 years of on-air history, KTBN issued three different QSL cards, one in black and white and two in colour, though each portrayed a photograph of the same distant mountain range that had featured on the KUSW cards. So, shortwave station KUSW and KTBN near Salt Lake City in Utah had been on the air for a total of 21 years, running from 1987 to 2008. The station's shortwave transmitter and antenna system were then duly dismantled and shipped to the island of Anguilla in the Caribbean, where it was used to add to the equipment at the station already on air known as the Caribbean Beacon. That station had been originally launched as a medium wave station, but in 1996 a new continental 100 kilowatt shortwave transmitter was installed at their Sandy Hill site, together with an antenna system that had been previously in service with shortwave KGEI at Belmont in California. Twelve years later, the shortwave equipment from KUSW KTBN was also incorporated into the Caribbean Beacon, then carrying the programming of Dr. Gene Scott's University Network. Jerry Plummer, the station's frequency manager, says that Hurricane Irma in 2017 did major damage to the existing antenna, although the transmitter was not damaged. After a few weeks, the existing antenna was repaired to the degree that the beacon could air again at about half power. In the meantime, the initial lease agreement or memorandum of understanding with the Anguillan government had expired without beacon engineer or lawyer intervention. When this was discovered, a new lawyer was employed and officials from Pastor Melissa Scott, owner of the beacon, served as emissaries to negotiate the new MOU with the Anguillan government. Unfortunately, the expiration delay caused much consternation with Anguillan officials for renewal success, and after well over a year of fruitless negotiations, Scott officials declared the entire Caribbean Beacon system as expired. The Continental Transmitter was packaged up and shipped to Scott headquarters in California, where it remains to this day. The fully operational transmitter is currently for sale. The antenna parts that were still usable accompanied the transmitter to California. Pastor Scott still beams shortwave over 12 hours daily from shortwave station WWCR, Nashville, Tennessee, which has been carrying Scott broadcasts since the early 1990s. By the way, Ray, my wife and I drove by the former transmitter site of KUSW and KTBN in Murray, several miles south of Salt Lake City. I had a map geographical coordinates of the station and a photo of the transmitter building and antenna and i can tell you that today there is no sign of there ever being a shortwave station on that site no transmitter building and of course no antenna there's just a cement plant nearby and locals say there are some copper mines in the area a few hundred miles south of murray there are some very large and very fragile rock arches 
which are major tourist attractions. According to National Geographic, humans can't hear it, but the rocks hum and whine at levels that at times rival a rock concert. These unique vibrational frequencies can give clues to the strength of the arches and inform efforts to preserve them. In places like Utah's Bryce Canyon, Arches, Zion, and Canyonlands National Parks. All very interesting places to visit, by the way. Those national parks are in the southern part of Utah. Up here in the northern part of the state, there are also a number of popular tourist attractions. The number one attraction is Temple Square in downtown Salt Lake City, where the famous Mormon Temple is located. It and much of the surrounding square are under construction for the next three or four years, in part to make them more seismic-proof in this earthquake-prone area. Across from the temple is the Tabernacle, where we were able to watch an organ recital by an accomplished organist who plays the impressive 11,630-pipe Tabernacle organ, one of the largest in the world. Tabernacle Choir sings along with the organ each Sunday for the syndicated radio and TV program Music and the Spoken Word. In the plaza outside is a bell tower. The bell has been featured as a time signal on local stations KSL Radio, 1160 AM and 102.7 FM, and KSL TV. KSL FM Midvale, KSL Salt Lake City. Eight o'clock at KSL News Radio. I'm Jason Tulin. KSL's top stories this hour. Where are the students going? Newly released data shows a huge drop in the number of students enrolled in Salt Lake City School District, especially in elementary schools. Across the street from the Tabernacle is the church's Family History Center, where anyone can make use of hundreds of computers, thousands of genealogical records, and dozens of human assistants to trace your family history. I was amazed to be able to trace my own family tree back to around the year 600 A.D. in Switzerland and the British Isles. Salt Lake City sits in a valley surrounded by the beautiful snow-capped Rocky Mountains. A short drive northwest of the city is Antelope Island State Park. The island sits in the middle of the Great Salt Lake, which is the largest saltwater lake in the Western Hemisphere, sometimes known as America's Dead Sea. There are pronghorn antelope on Antelope Island, but we didn't see any during our visit. We did see some of the 700 or so free-ranging buffalo that inhabit the island, as well as a coyote crossing the road in front of us. There's a short causeway which allows you to drive from the mainland to the island, and road signs tell you to tune in to 5.30 kilohertz a.m. for Antelope Island Radio. Come again to one of nature's natural wonders, Antelope Island in Utah's Great Salt Lake. This information is provided by Friends of Antelope Island and Antelope Island State Park. 
This is Antelope Island Information Radio at 530 on the AM dial. To the southeast of Salt Lake City, up in the mountains, is a famous tourist town known as Park City. It's a major ski resort in the wintertime, and in fact, it was snowing when we visited. The accumulated snow on the ground made Park City look like a Christmas village. A Christmas village with some local radio stations. I'm Darcy Amiel, a KPCW supporter and board president of Jewish Family Service. Learn more at jfsutah.org. Weather-wise, it's so beautiful. What a lovely day it is. This is the way it should be on Monday. Rain likely and then snow at times, depending on the time and temperature. And next up, it's BBC World Service News. That will be followed by local news. BBC News with Fiona MacDonald. Buckingham Palace says Queen Elizabeth spent a night in hospital for preliminary medical investigations. Coming down from the mountains, we made our way to the city of Provo, which is about 45 minutes south of Salt Lake City. There's a small airport there and a big university owned by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, Brigham Young University. BYU has four nice museums that are open to the public free of charge. We visited the Museum of Paleontology, which is full of enormous dinosaur skeletons and reconstructions of raptors found throughout Utah and the surrounding states. BYU also has a major broadcasting center with radio, television, satellite, and internet services beaming locally across the U.S. and around the world. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Let's talk about We're live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Jerem Jordan alongside Jason Shepard. To end today's program, we have the official Utah State song, This is the Place. It's named after Mormon pioneer Brigham Young's famous statement, This is the Place, when he arrived in the Salt Lake Valley with a group of settlers in 1847 and decided that's where they should take up residence. Thanks for listening to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. Researched and written in Indianapolis by Dr. Adrian Peterson. Next week, we return to the radio scene on the island of Antigua in the Caribbean. We'll hear from more from Kim Elliott of Shortwave Radiogram and our Philippine DX report. Several QSL cards are available for WaveScan. Send your AWR and KSDA reception reports for the program to the AWR address in Bangkok, Thailand, and also to the station your radio is tuned to, WRMI or WWCR or KVOH or Voice of Hope Africa, or to IRRS Italy or to the AWR relay stations that carry WaveScan. Remember, too, you can send a reception report to the DX reporters when their segment is on the air here in the program. They will also verify with their own colorful QSL card. Return postage and an address label are always appreciated. The email address for AWR QSLs is qsl at awr.org. The postal address for AWR QSLs is Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 234, Prakanong, that's P-R-A-K-A-N, 
ONG Bangkok 10110 Thailand. Again, that's Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 234, Prakadong, Bangkok 10110 Thailand. And the email address for other correspondence to WaveScan, not reception reports, is wavescan at awr.org. I'm Jeff White at WRMI, this week actually at uh, Salt Lake City, Utah, wishing you good listening. Until next week. <laughs>